Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, it's the Hollywood Life Podcast. We are here today with somebody who's extra special, and that's because he's Canadian like me. (laughs) His name is... He's known as Sugar Sammy. That's his professional name. But his actual name is Sam Kular, and he is a comedian who is from Montreal, and he is a really funny guy. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Good to, good to be interviewed by a fellow Canadian, uh, to talk to a fellow Canadian in, uh, in, in the States. Yes. I'm actually both now, but oh, I'm okay. never going to forget my, my Canadian my roots. My condolences. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but the good thing is I get to vote, so yeah. hopefully, Hopefully you know, your vote will make a difference, right? <laughs> we praying. And fellow American here, also who we're praying her vote makes a difference, is our own Ali Stagnita. Hello. I, I kind of wish I was Canadian right now. A lot of Americans have been telling me that. Like, oh, yes, wish. actually. And oh. I, I love me some Justin Trudeau. Yeah? Yeah. Just to look at. I don't have know nothing about his policies. Okay. You just, you just want to I look just at like him. him. Like, Whatever it is, raise my taxes. <laughs> Justin, I'm all into you. Yeah. yeah. But uh, a, lot of, a lot of Americans have been wanting to be uh, Canadian. But I think it's fun to be Canadian on paper. But I think America's a fun place, too. It's a cool place to be. You guys yeah. uh, take it for granted. Yeah, sweet. Well, we do because when you're in Canada, it is a lot smaller. But before we get into that, we just also have to say we have our silent producer, Nick, here. Hey, Nick. He's silent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Nick He's, doesn't like uh, participating. No, he gets, a, he, he gets an F for participation. Yeah. He's busy with all the equipment. Yeah. We have so much equipment here. Mm. Um, just getting back to Justin Bieber's. No, Justin, Justin Bieber. Bieber. Another very every, famous Canadian. Canadian is called Justin. Justin. Uh, I bet Justin Bieber was named after Justin Trudeau. I don't think no, so. he wasn't. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, I mean, Justin you know, Trudeau wasn't a be. thing then. Yeah. Well, actually, He's still not but a his thing. father. He's a Justin, Allie. Okay, Justin Trudeau is a human being, not a piece of meat. <laughs> Much as we would like to think of him that way. Yeah. Um, but his father, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, who was the previous prime minister, um, was a thing, a very big thing. A person. And Justin was born uh-huh. on Christmas Day, first child for this very famous and charismatic prime minister. That name did become really famous in Canada. See, I'm a little older than right. Sam and Allie. Yeah, no, I, and I like Pierre Elliott Trudeau. He's like, well, he was one of our ballsiest uh, uh, prime ministers that we've had. And know? he was a fellow Montrealer, like fellow you. Fellow Montrealer, yeah, no nonsense, fully bilingual, mm. very cultured, very educated, very well traveled. Love him. Yeah. Love him. Well, we're glad to hear that. Yeah. Well, so I guess first I want to kind of get into your name, Sugar Sammy. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? Well, I was at uh, McGill University. Yes. Uh, and I used to throw parties to pay my tuition fees. 
Yeah. So a- they were, you had to pay to go to the party? Like, did women have to pay or only the guys? Only the guys paid because I let the women in for free. Right. You see, that's what You're I You're a figured. gentleman. Yeah. Cause, well, not just that. That's the best advertisement you can get. That's the best marketing. Yeah. You ju- I just invited women. I was like, can you come? Hey, come to my party. It's going to be great. So I just gave them free VIP passes, free entrance, open bar before midnight. And then I took care of them when they were in there. And it was like, the place was packed full of women, and that's the best advertisement you can oh, get. Because then oh, guys want to so, pay to come in. No, wait a second. He didn't say the guys actually came. The guys came. Oh, they no, did. the guys were paid to come I in. I had to make money, too. So they, <laughs> they, so, so that was how I financed those parties. The, the girls came in. The women came in for free, and the men were like, wow, I got to go get into this party. And you're like, $30. <laughs> oh, those are expensive. Yeah, Steep charge. That's $30. You want to come? It's $30. So how does that go with the name Sugar Sammy? So uh, because I took care of. Uh, of all the ladies and I was uh, I was uh, a gentleman uh, they called me they, they called they gave me that nickname because I was too young to be a sugar daddy so they just called me oh. sugar Sammy and then you know it kind of became my nickname and I took it I took it on and I said okay I'll, I'll call my company that sugar Sammy presents so all my parties mm. were the sugar Sammy parties and then when I went full-time into comedy all these people used to come to my parties started coming to my shows and the club owners were like, who are all these pretty women? We've never seen this, uh, this good looking a crowd <laughs> at, uh, at, uh, at any comedy show. So I used to pack them in with, uh, with all my, uh, with all my clients. But did they get in for free or? No, nah, they didn't. Ah, that was the one time where they had to contribute. <laughs> I see. No. They had to pay you back for all yeah, those years of taking one, care yeah, of them. Once in a while. Yeah. Ladies, you know, reach, reach in for that purse. That's I know it right. hurts, but we'll go reach in for the wallet. Pay a little, pay sometimes. That must have been hard, a habit to break since they'd had free for so many years. Mm-hmm. But listen, what did you study in college? I studied cultural studies. Mm. So it was, uh, it was like, uh, you know, uh, film, media, pop culture. So we really analyzed and broke down a lot of what was going on in pop culture, past and present. So it helped me a lot, I think, in terms of my work. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what I do now, you know, I, I really analyze and um and break down things that happen in society it's very anthropological so so uh definitely gave me a very analytical brain and and, and, a, and an analytical way of looking at things and how from studying culture did that lead you into comedy well comedy was something that i decided i wanted to do a long time ago so i was doing both at the same time so i started doing comedy when i was 19 but i knew i wanted to be a comedian when i was very young you know, when I was uh, like how young? Oh, like maybe eight or nine. And what know? inspired you when you were eight or nine? Well, you know, you see some some of your favorites on TV. You see some things, and then and then they um, they kind of uh, they make you uh, you know they they uh, they light that spark. Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I heard Eddie Murphy was one of your Eddie Murphy. As soon as I saw Eddie Murphy, I was like, "That's it! I want to do this." As soon as I saw his first special, I want to do this for the rest of my life. How can I get this job? I didn't know this was a job. So I did. So so I pursued that. And then um, uh, I remember once another memory that I have late at night, my mom was waiting for my dad to come back from work. My dad used to have grocery stores, so he'd finish really late. So it was like past 11. My mom was just kind of, you know, uh, waiting for my dad to come home. She's in front of the mirror and I'm watching, <laughs> I'm watching the Tonight Show. I'm watching the opening long log. Wait, mm-hmm. up, was that way- when Johnny Carson? Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. Up way past my bedtime. And this man was up there just making jokes and making everybody laugh. And I ran up to my mom I'm like, Mom, come here. You got to watch this. 
what is this? What is this? How can I do this? This man is making me laugh. How do I do this? This is great. And I remember those were my two big memories of, of watching comedians and thinking to and myself. And so it was Johnny Carson and Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, yeah. So, you know, it's fun. I, the other day I watched a clip of Eddie Murphy actually uh, appearing on mm, The yeah. Tonight Show and <laughs> doing cool. stand-up on Johnny Carson's show. So, so you know, though I think those two memories are what sticks with me in terms of, you know, why I fell in love with stand-up comedy and why I wanted to do it. I think those are the two memories, the oldest memories, you know, that I have of it. Was there a moment that you, like, knew you were funny? Like, when did you realize that you actually were funny? The potential? Uh, I think it was uh, when I was, like, 12, somewhere around there, 12, 13, and we were playing baseball uh, in Montreal. Go figure. We were playing baseball <laughs> in the summer. and I was Canadians like, play baseball. Canadians play baseball. You, we do you play have baseball. baseball teams. We do, in yes. the summer, yeah. <laughs> in the summer. Yeah, in the summer, we kind of, to- you know, we tolerate baseball. But we, it's kind of while we're waiting for hockey to start. Right. <laughs> so uh, so I was uh, I was playing baseball, and I was at third base, and there were these uh, girls in the stands. And while I was in, at third base waiting to come home, because <laughs> at home base, I was, uh, these women were, and I was just kind of, Making them laugh. I was telling jokes. I was, you know, imitating, you know, doing imitations, cracking jokes. I forget what it was, but they loved it. They're like, do it again. And laughing, they were like, do it again. I was like, these girls love this. And I was like, this is great. Oh, good this way to get great. chicks. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is awesome. And I didn't know I could do it until then. And so I think that was that's my first memory of, uh, of making people laugh. And then in high school, I think I did it more and more actively as I went along. And then uh, by the end of high school, I started hosting the talent shows and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So, you know, I started getting my foot in there, you know, slowly. You know, I was kind of a shy kid, but I had my moments and then I slowly made my way in. So were you, would you consider yourself the class clown? Uh, I think I was, but a lot more like regimented, you know, like it was a class clown, but with a plan. <laughs> you know? so it, wasn't just, it wasn't just randomly like out there, you know, uh, spewing things and like, you know, having, uh, having Getting comedic in trouble, Tourette's. Having to go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Having to go yeah, in the just, hallway. Just yell, yeah, comedic Tourette's, just yelling things out in the middle of the hallway for no reason, getting in trouble. It was really uh, to a point where most of my teachers, and I say most, were, uh, were liked it and actually gave me a platform to do it and wow. encouraged it. Yeah, so that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. My husband was a class clown. His teachers were not that understanding. He spent most of his high school years in the hallway. Yeah, I, I did. I had a couple of those too. I, where I've, uh, I've spent time in the hallway. Then I'd find the other kids who got kicked out of their classes. And we'd start a little like impromptu like soccer game in the, in the hallways with like a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, this stuff happens in the hallway. Yeah, stuff happens when you get, you know, you hang out with the other uh, misfits. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get in trouble. I remember once I got kicked out and I went to the gym class because they had gym and I started playing hockey <laughs> in the gym <laughs> class. So it was, uh, it was cool. It was, it, you learn a lot in school. You, you don't even realize what you learn. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get to hockey, your other love, in a couple of minutes because we want to hear a little more about. So you became, you, you, decided you wanted to be a comedian and then you started hosting the talent shows at your high school but okay so 19 did you start actually going were there stand-up clubs in montreal is that how you started to go on like do it um there are stand-up clubs in in um in montreal but the way what i did is we have something in in quebec uh called cjep i don't know if you're mm-hmm. yeah, so, yes. is like for everybody who doesn't know it's yeah it's <laughs> like a, yeah <laughs> it's a prep 
preparatory program where you, ha- you have to do it. It's between high school and university. So it's kind of that transitional two-year program where you have to do it before you go to university. You but it starts CJ. like 11th grade, right? Uh, no, we go we go to 11th grade in high school, so it's like 12th. So 12, oh. 13 is CJIP, and then you go to university. Okay. See, you have to do high so school for like a, a lot longer yeah. there. Yeah. yeah we do a one year. No, two years. Well, do you get... Yeah, you get an extra year. Yeah, so you do. School. Yeah, so that's it. We do eleventh, and then twelve, thirteen is CJEP, right? So, Pat. so we're a way more uh, educated and cultured bunch up there. Just um, to get uh, that. Just <laughs> get the needle in. Yeah, we uh, we take care of our own, and um, <laughs> no one disagrees. I like how everybody. Well, I did grade thirteen, so I know what you're talking yeah. about. So yeah, so we uh, so I uh, I was part of the Black Student Association. At, uh, at my CJP called Marianopolis. You know, we didn't have a lot of diversity back then. So, wait, <laughs> I, I, oh, wait, so, oh, can you explain that for me? I'm I'll tell sorry. You, uh, that's how cool I was. I was like, I was like that musician, like that non black musician who gets got nominated at the Soul Music <laughs> okay, so, okay, Awards. Okay, okay. Like, that's who I was. Okay. So, I was cool enough to be part. I mean, they asked, you know, and I wanted to be part of the yeah. association. I was so influenced by, you know, a quote, quote unquote, black culture, you mm. know, like Eddie you know, Murphy, Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. all the comedians that I love, you know, were African-American. The music that I love was like soul, R&B, mm. hip hop, you know, so it's like I was so heavily into that. And for me, uh, I think uh, it was like a natural fit to be part of the Black Student Association. Mm-hmm. For the, and all my friends, you know, a lot of my friends were part, a part of it. So we, we said, hey, let's throw a comedy show to raise funds for the association and like but we didn't have enough money to hire comedians so they were like why don't you do it so <laughs> three of us did it i had two opening acts who had no experience and myself so it was three students doing this show and we sold 400 tickets for wow. it wow yeah. that's a big audience yeah. to do your first comedy performance exactly i was nervous it was like it was two months in the making i, I worked so hard on it and um, and yeah, we raised like twelve hundred bucks. It was three dollars a ticket. Did you get some then. laughs? I get a lot. I got a lot of laughs. Nice. But, but I was so surprised. Yeah. But also, it really gave me like that bug of I could do this. Yeah. I could do this, you know. And it was, and I made the front page of the college paper, but okay. for all the wrong reasons. Oh. Like <laughs> I offended everyone. It was the most. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was the most uh, racy. Uh, and crazy show ever, I think, because it, it was the the school was run by Catholic nuns, so you know, <laughs> so it would be easy, yeah, easy to offend, exactly. And the show was in the atrium, which looks like a church, which was like oh, an gosh. old old chapel. So and I was just <laughs> going on, but were your parents there? My parents were not there. It was oh, during okay. lunch, the lunch break. Oh, so it was perfect. Okay. So it was during the lunch break, we sold. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, we sold a bunch of tickets and. Um, and I think it was, uh, I got to find that article. I think I remember the guy was, the guy described me as a mix between Eddie Murphy and Andrew Dice Clay meeting in a dark, <gasps> in a dark alley. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I love this. <laughs> he didn't mean it like, as a compliment. Thank you so much. <laughs> I was like, thank that you. You made, so my, much yeah. to me. <laughs> made his, you made your year. <laughs> you made my, made my life. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, <laughs> I remember going, okay, I could do this. And then I met with the, uh, the uh, counselor from uh, from school. Um, after I met the psychologist, I met the uh, <laughs> <laughs> I met the counselor, and they they said, uh, "Hey, you should do this. We should help you 
uh, find a path. So they introduced well, me. Well, that's some- a very understanding right. school yeah. counselor. They don't usually recommend uh, going into comedy. Yeah, I think they when you go to- for career counseling. Yeah, I think they wanted to just make sure that they got me off the streets <laughs> and uh, that, I, that I wasn't getting in any other other kind of trouble. Right. So uh, so. I remember they introduced me to a bunch of people in the com- uh, in the comedy circuit here and there, you know, where so I could do open mics. And but my first real gig was that year. Later that year, there was a promoter who was promoting to um, the African Canadian or you know the the black uh, population in Montreal. They do shows for them, comedy shows. They bring comedians, mm. and they'd heard about me somehow. And they're like, "Hey, do you want to do a set?" And I was like, "All right." Uh, there was no money in it, but it was, you know, 400 Practice, yeah. people who paid money to see uh, comedians. And there was a bunch of comedians there. And they asked me as the rookie to come on. And I went on and that was the one that I smashed it. Like I got a standing go. People were going crazy. And I remember that was one of those things where it traumatizes you. But for all the good reasons, you know, when you've it's like the first time you have sex. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that uh-huh. memory of like. Or no, not the first time you had sex, ladies, but the first time you had an orgasm, right? Where you're like, you're like, wow, what just happened? And that was great. And I'm going to think about this for the next few weeks. Right? Is that, okay. Have you had well, an orgasm yet? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody? Because I know women fake it a lot. So. <laughs> now, is, so that, I, is that part of your act? No. <laughs> that, I just thought of that. That's how it was. That's how exactly how it, how, how I describe it. it, it was, well, uh, I mean, I guess this, and if you, you, you want to have a career that is orgasmic, that yeah. you love. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, I love what I just did, what just happened, and I got to do this over and over again. It's kind of like sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you're like, I got to have, I got to get this feeling over and over again. Your producer has no idea what I'm no, talking I about. Like that. <laughs> I feel, he knows, He's like, he keep knows, me out of this. No, he knows how it feels because I always say that and talk about that after we do red carpets and whenever we interview celebrities. What do you, what do you say? I'm just like, like, like I'm like on, no, I'm like it's on cloud. Now. Like I have like an adrenaline rush. Like I can't get down. Like I have to go like work out after or something. I'm like that was amazing. Oh really? Like I would get like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so different, anyway, different strokes for different folks. Now, Love when it. you perform now, on your in your because you're on you're here in New York because you're going to be performing mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks at Caroline's Comedy Club, and then you're going you you're on tour so like on all kinds of warm places right, right. now. Um, how would you describe your comedy now, and what and what you talk about? Is it always a, is it offensive? Like you offended everybody in that first um, comedy performance? I think it's probably uh, it's it, it, I'm, it does get. I think it does. It is racy. It does offend people sometimes, but I think it's more controlled. Like I think um, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Uh, you know, I've evolved as well, you know, like that was like, uh, you know, 21 years ago or something like that, you know, so, so, you know, you evolve, you have more life experience, your point of view gets sharper 
and more refined and more defined the older you get. So, you know, you have stronger points of view on things, uh, points of views on things. So uh, sometimes it does, but I think it's not for just, it's not randomly for the wrong reasons. You know, I've developed the frontal lobe since then. So, so, so it, is, it is because I think um, I address topics that are race here. But uh, I think there's definitely an intelligence to it and there's definitely a, uh, a message to it and a point of view. Right. What's inspiring it right now? Right now, I think a lot of it is just the cultural and national differences between all the countries where I'm performing. Mm -hmm. Like I was in France. I've been living in France for the last eight months, you know, cool. and I'm living there six to eight months a year now. Why is that? Because uh, I tour there. I tour in the States. Well, and uh, you do France. Francis Got Talent or something like that? I'm like one of the, the judges. I'm the Simon Cowell of oh, France. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So I'm on a TV show there. I'm touring there. So it's, uh, so, you know, a, a lot and of it, my life And is, is your there. accent when you speak French, mm -hmm. is it more French French or is it Quebecois French? It's a middle of the road. So it's one of those accents where it travels really well. It's, it's not one of those accents where... Um, you're able to, you're like, oh, that's too strong for me. So meaning like, uh, it's probably like a, I would say like a Canadian Montreal or Toronto accent. You know, people in the States won't go, ooh, that hurts my ears. And people in England won't go, oh, that hurts my ears. It's like a, an accent that could travel real well. So it's probably one of those. It's a refined French Canadian accent, <laughs> I would call it. <laughs> well, uh, that's good. Because yeah. I know sometimes that the Fr French can give Quebecois a hard time. Well, look, uh, I think there's some Americans in certain parts of this country you know, you hear them speak and you're like, geez, I cannot listen to this. This is not English yeah, anymore. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I've, I've heard that traveling around. You, you, you listen to some people, you're like, was that English? That was not English. That was not English. That was not English. That, that is not, there was not one English word in that. <laughs> Sometimes you hear like people of Scotland or Ireland. Oh, Scotland. I mean, of it's course. really hard to understand. Oh, even Northern England, like the, the Geordies from Newcastle. I remember uh, speaking to to a comedian backstage. I was performing at the comedy store in London, and the MC was uh, from Newcastle. And he started talking to me and he asked asking me questions like Sammy. <laughs> and then I, I was looking at the other comedians like, what the fuck did he just? Say? <laughs> and, and I was like, can you repeat that? And he did the same thing. And then I I, I was like, I, can't, I don't understand you, man. But after a couple of months my ear got used to the different British yeah. accents. So you, you do get accustomed to it wherever you go. And it's the same thing in France. Every country has, you know, regional uh, differences in terms of their accents, their expressions. You know, I remember first time I went to Atlanta, you know, just that Southern drawl, you know, mm -hmm. that Southern way of speaking was completely different. And as a Canadian, you know, from Montreal, who knows, who watches American TV, who watches CNN, watches, you know, M MSNBC, knows what's going on in TV, but didn't have this culture. And then mm -hmm. eventually, you know, going back there a few times, your ear gets used to it. You kind of, you can, you can, you know, you can get accustomed to it. So a lot of it is adaptation. And I think for me, too, is adapting. It's very interesting. That's one of the things, too, is those southern differences and those differences within a country like right now my act in the states is really talking about the differences between america and canada mm -hmm. america and france and also within america itself mm -hmm. it's such a divided country especially oh, now yes. especially now <laughs> yes. and the way i described it the other day to a friend i was like it's kind of like you guys are a big country you know and you have all of these states which are these little countries within a big country mm -hmm. that have their own culture yeah that's kind of what it is, you know? And, so uh, what are you, when, because it is so divided right now and you're going to different parts of the country, what are the kind of things that you're, you're riffing on? 
Oh, I definitely riff on your politics. I mean, you just can't avoid it right now. No. I, I've, uh, I riff on the differences uh, between uh, the Americans and the Canadians and everyone else in terms of culture, in terms of social conventions, in terms of the way you guys do business, uh, your priorities, you know, uh, what you're fascinated by. <laughs> you know, like, I think that's uh, very, very interesting to me. What are a couple of the biggest differences? Uh, between the Canadians and the Americans? Yes. There's so many. Listen, I'll, right away... <laughs> Uh, I mean, I talk about this, you know, here, just in terms of the temperament of the Americans and the Canadians is very different. In in Canada, guns are illegal, weed is legal, <laughs> and you're allowed to drink at the age of 18. Here, uh, guns are legal, weed is illegal, and you got to wait till you're 21, and you got to carry ID everywhere. It makes for very different temperaments, like those you know just yes. those elements right there so we're very we're very different in those ways um i mean the other day i was talking about that this woman you guys know what tim hortons is you know what tim yeah of course tim hortons you guys do you have tim hortons here you do in, in uh like north yeah. northern new york okay. yeah my dad's from upstate so yeah. oh you have tim hortons tim hortons for everyone who's listening it's kind of like dunkin donuts but better the so, coffee <laughs> the coffee is way better the coffee's better i think the, the donuts, donuts are donuts. better i was about to the say pastries. the donuts are like pancakes or something there's yeah, probably they're beautiful. Good, something yeah. yeah and they have uh, nice they have butter sandwiches. tarts sometimes yeah and yeah. even they're obsessed with butter tarts oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they even have, I even know they, what butter tarts are they even have food like their breakfast is good i mean it's kind of like you know it's uh it's fast food coffee but it's they gave no, it it's class good. they gave no, it class it's good yeah. coffee yeah it's really good coffee canadian so, class yeah exactly we got that canadian class it's understated but it's there you know so they uh they uh so they um they, they there was this woman in tim hortons who got mad at the cashier because she was talking to her in a certain way <laughs> and she crouched down took a shit and threw, threw feces at oh her my God. i was like if there's one argument to legalize guns, this is it. Because <laughs> the, f- the fact that we're running, we don't have any weapons. This is what Canadians are. <laughs> we have to put this up is what with. Canadians are resorting to. <laughs> like, and, the, and if you see the footage, it's on the internet. Oh my god! The, the lady didn't even flinch. Like it's not like she waited. She was ready. Like she was she cocked. Had to poop. Yeah, she was ready. She was cocked and ready. So, and it was like two shots. She went. Plap, plap, boom, boom. <laughs> and like, because you'll, you'll forget a gunshot. Like, if you survive it, like, you'll be like, you'll wear it as a badge of honor. Ah, I got shot at the eye. Look at this, man. Someone tried to get me. But I survived. I survived. But feces, you'll, for, you'll remember that. That'll oh, yeah. traumatize you. That's because, traumatizing. Yeah, because you know it started out as one piece. <laughs> but you know, there was shrapnel as the piece was coming. <laughs> and she threw two of them. She went, pop, 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 pop. That's what I call a double-double. 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 That's probably the oh. most outrageous thing that's ever happened in a Tim Hortons. In, in Canada. Yeah. In, Canada, in Canada, at least. Probably in not Canada, in Florida. period. Yeah, this happened in Vancouver. So this wow. happened like in, the, in BC somewhere. Because yeah, Canadians are a little more mild-mannered. We're mild-mannered, but if we need to reach for a weapon... <laughs> This woman needs a 22 caliber. She's just like, <laughs> or like a bow and arrow, honestly. <laughs> like, just like, don't give them anything automatic. Anything. Um, but she automated that poop. Like, yeah, she, she made it into I a weapon. Watched that being impressed. Going, wow, this woman got it together. She made it into <laughs> a weapon. Now, do you find that Americans find things funnier 
find different things funnier than Canadians or French people? Like, do we all have different sets of humors? Yeah, I mean, there's different places, different things that people laugh about. And I think that's just cultural reference. Yeah. So um, when I talk to Americans about something that's very foreign, there's a disconnect. But same thing with France. If I go to France, I write a show about them. I think when you write a show and you connect, it's my job as a comedian to do that, is really make sure that, you know, it's on target. It's on point. Because I can't just transpose my French show here. I can't just transpose my even my Quebecois show, my French Canadian show to France. Oh, yeah, that's it's a, so different. No, yeah. it's the same language, yeah. but it's different cultures. Yeah, much different. So you've got to build that bridge, you know? And I think that's what it's uh, it's about, I think, with comedians, you so know? So what are, what are the Fr- what's funny about the French oh, that the, you like to... The, f- the French, first of all, if you compare them to the Americans, have no notion of good service ever. You go to France, it feels like you're disturbing the waiters. Like <laughs> yeah, there. I know. Yeah. They're yeah. mean. They're mean. Whereas the meanest person in America is still nice and will give you the service you need, even yeah. though they're mean. Like New Yorkers are like a, a, a classic example of being nice but ending their niceness with something shitty. Like like, <laughs> like where you'll be like, oh, how do I get to, uh, you know, you'll ask, how do I get to Macy's? All right, you take a left over there, and then you turn right next to Jamba Juice. Don't go too far because if you go too far, then you'll miss it. And it'll be right there. You'll see on your left corner. All right, have a nice day, fuckface. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly. And that's not you. true. I think New Yorkers uh, are really nice. They're shockingly nice. <laughs> no, I so agree with that because I even do that. <laughs> oh, Ellie. No, not fully. No, but there's a loudness to Americans mm-hmm. too. Like, yes, well, that's you, true. You've heard someone go, all right, Yorkers. listen, over there, don't turn right away. You'll see there's a fucking guy there. You want to avoid the fucking guy. Like, and you're like, Dude, we didn't need to swear there. Yeah, like there, that was <laughs> <laughs> so he came up to me and he's like, I told the fucking guy, listen, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you walk around the streets, you notice that kind con- of that conversation happening everywhere. You know? Totally. So, but, so, but the French don't, they won't give you any service at all. No. They, what makes the French funny though? The thing is they'll be rude to you, but they'll, they'll do it in such a classy way where you can't even pinpoint. You're like, I'm sorry. Why. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Where they're like, uh, you know, you'll ask directions and they'll be like, oh, excuse me, where is uh, the train station? They'll be like, oh, first they'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you see it's written over there. Okay. Uh, there's a sign. If you know how to read it, you'll see, uh, you go directly in the front and then you make a sharp left. Uh, don't go too far. There is a little cafe there. It's very nice, but uh, go uh, and, and, then, and, then, and then move up to a couple of blocks. You'll find it. Uh, now I'm late for my appointment. Thank you. You're like, he shot on me. He gave me the information. It was classy, but I feel a little bit. You're like, but I need to call abused. my therapist. Exactly. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's funny. that. There's that. There's there's so so many of those little differences, and as a comedian, you notice them. Like whatever you guys take for granted, like it becomes wallpaper within you know your society because you've been around it so much. We notice it right away, and it's our jobs to highlight those things. And people laugh when they actually go, "Oh, he's right." Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. God, that's us. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest compliment um, you could get is when people say. Wow, that was funny. And how do you know us so well? That, yeah. means, that means you did your homework. And that's when I think people, even if it's racy, even if it's offensive, the topic is offensive and your point of view is not theirs. They appreciate it because they think you did do your homework. You know, you did. It wasn't just a caricature. But the thing is about comedy, like it is supposed to be like roast, like part of it is roasting. Oh, yeah. I mean, what I said is, you know, comedians are supposed to be the people who 
say things on stage that the rest of society is not allowed to exactly. say in their corporate environment, mm -hmm. their everyday environment. We're those people. We have to be those people. And right now they're trying to take that away from comedians. And I think it's a disservice because you need an area where you can vent about these things and and rant about these things and laugh about these things and be able to express them. Because a lot of times these inner thoughts people have, comedians express them, you know? Fully, so that, I think that's a that's a, a a valid thing that you're saying. I think these days people are becoming so sensitive that they're taking the topics away. It's like, oh, you can't talk yeah. about that. Like, no, wait, hold on a second. You can talk about that. Just make sure. I think our job is because it's so sensitive now. We've got to be better writers. I think you've got to just make sure that your uh, joke is written in a better way and it's more researched and it's more complete and it's not just uh, some you know sweeping generalization that you've thrown out there. Also, I think that the sensitivity of people needs to like, like it's comedy. It's for comic relief. It's for fun. Yeah. It's does not, you know, mean that it's completely true. It's just a, you know, hyperbolic, like exaggeration on a situation. It's supposed and to sometimes be. Sometimes it is true, but yeah, it is you know. true. And sometimes the truth is funny, even though it's horrible, yeah. you know? Um, and I think that, uh, you know, right now it's like you're lining up to create a society of like, you know, snowflake millennial hall monitors. You know, <laughs> it's a bunch of hall monitors like you right. can't say that. I'm telling. Yeah. I'm going to put it on. To I'm telling Twitter. You can't say this. I'm telling Twitter. You know, like so I think that's going to what, what's going to happen is that's going to, I think, create a sort of society where free speech is even though it's legal, it's not. It's limited. It's right. limited, and that's dangerous. Yeah, right? exactly. Like you can't. They, you there is. That's the danger of like political correctness. Exactly. That's because why when you come to comedy, is huh? always supposed to be sort of dark. I'm not always, but there's that side of it. It's very dark, and you go back to Lenny Bruce, and he was making comedy about all kinds of things that people weren't supposed to talk about. Of course, and and I think you know the, the comedians we've typically historically celebrated as our favorites, mm -hmm. uh, have been the ones who've taken the risks, who've pushed the boundaries, who've addressed things that society isn't allowed to address on primetime television or in a corporate setting. Mm -hmm. Guys like Lenny Bruce, Richard Pryor, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Eddie Murphy, I would put up there, uh, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, uh, George Carlin, all these guys, you know, like these classics. Uh, these are the people that we celebrate. But these, this is what we're trying to take away from today's comedians. It's, it's, it's a very dangerous spot. I think it's uh, that's why if you come see me at Caroline's, it's going to be all the way. I'm all going down way. in flames, baby. Let's <laughs> do this. All the way. He's not even from here. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not even from he here. He can leave. Boom. I have my flight booked right after my last show. I'm going to be on a plane. I'm going to be gone. And you're not looking at Twitter afterwards. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So what's the date of the Caroline's um, uh, performance? Uh, so I'm headlining five shows February 21 to 23 so one on Thursday two on Friday two on Saturday you guys are coming right yeah, yeah. I got VIP invitations for you okay and, we'll be there uh, yeah we're gonna we only will come in for VIP we we don't do anything on this <laughs> I told you I was it's like it's a red <laughs> carpet we I, need the red carpet I told you, know? you I always take care of the ladies <laughs> oh that's true okay you did yeah so February 21st through February 
23rd. 23rd. And how do they get the tickets? Go to sugarsammy.com and it's all there. And if people are listening outside of the New York area as well. um, And does uh, that list all your dates for all of your performances around the country? All of my dates. Okay. Sugar Sammy and Sammy, just so everybody knows, is S-A-M-M-Y. So it's a Y, not an I-E. That's right. Sugarsammy.com to check out how to get tickets to all of Sam's performances. Well, thank you so much for coming in here today. Next time you come, we're going to have to have find some Tim Hortons donuts for you. Let's do that. Oh, Let's do, I'll bring the photo of the woman throwing the pizza. Oh, no. <laughs> bring her back some butter, some of the butter tarts. Butter tart. Yeah. Oh, they will, they have back. a version in Quebec. It's like a sugar sort of yes. maple syrupy pies. We know how to do it. Tarts. <laughs> I'll bring those. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. <laughs>